Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Pets at Home, we explore the intersection between real estate and the ways owning a pet changes how we live our lives. This week's episode will be a riff on the topic. And with that, Alex, take us up. You know, owning pets have been important for humans since the beginning of time, I'm thinking. Well, I mean, you, you go look in museums, you can see the hieroglyphic images of the, of the Egyptians. You see them with their dogs and their cats. I mean, I think they were even embalming and burying the pets with them for the afterlife. I mean, weren't the pets gods back then or something? I, I think so. You know, it's like in Egypt, there's one thing there's a lot of, and that's space. <laughs> Imagine, I mean, for most part, people are, have pets and have large dogs in small apartments in places like the East Village, which is a far cry from Egypt. Yeah, well, I'll tell you back then, I don't think they had to pick up after the dogs. That's one benefit. If you were some alien visiting from outer space and you look down and you're observing the earth and you see two species walking along together and one species takes a shit and the other species picks it up and throws it away, who would you think was in charge? I, I think that's a movie. I think that's from, I don't know, if that's from, but it makes a ton of sense because I don't know how it all started. I mean, I imagined at some point in time, Pets were used uh, for protection, um, for safety. Uh, you know, they they either prevented uh, or they protected you against uh, intruders. Uh, they perhaps helped you hunt, uh, and they were trained to do so. But now they, I'm not quite sure what they do. Well, that's a very good point. I grew up in Brazil, and uh, and crime was always an issue in Brazil, especially when I was younger and growing up. And uh, so families had dogs behind gates. You had dogs barking all the time to keep people out, and which led itself to why I grew up with mostly bigger dogs as opposed to smaller dogs, because you wanted something with a little heft in terms of security. You're absolutely right. It's something that was menacing to the people walking by. Well, aren't um, the smaller dogs a relatively new phenomenon? I feel like uh, they were invented relatively recently in the whole miniaturization of dogs uh, because a small dog uh, in the wild probably would never survive. I mean, I was like, <laughs> I'll tell you this, if the dog can fit into the lady's purse, that's a cat as far as I'm concerned, okay? You have to be able to be not be able to fit into the purse to be in the dog category. But you're right, I, I guess they're genetically enhancing dogs, right? Can't they make hypoallergenic dogs now or some crazy thing? Yeah, I think you can make them all, I mean, you can order um, uh, bespoke, basically, whatever you whatever you want. You want the dog, the skin color, the, the coat color, or whatever, you can, you can make it. You know, I think that I'm actually, to all respect to to dog lovers, I'm actually a cat guy. I'm actually more of a fish guy, <laughs> to be honest. But but in terms of pets, I'm not quite sure if actually fish are considered pets. Fish are considered pets. As a matter of fact, the three the three um, the three pets that are the most popular: 63 million households own at least a dog, 47 million own a cat, and in third place with 11 million, a freshwater fish. Speaking of statistics, you know, over 75 percent of millennial and Gen Z people believe that their pets are an integral part of the family. You know, such they, they, they have this increased expectations of, of the care needed for their pets and willing to make sacrifices. I think there's a study in Realtor.com that about 75% of home buyers with pets said they would pass up an otherwise ideal property if it wasn't for the, if it wasn't right for their animals or companions. That's people making this real estate and big decisions based on their pets and the environment in which their pets live in. 
Well, that makes total sense. I mean, pets become part of the family, right? I mean, that's uh, especially if you start, you get the pet when you have young kids and you want to you grow the family, you want to have a dog, you want to have a cat. They're basically part of the family. And uh, you don't really think about the expense as much until it all starts starts adding up. I mean, uh, the adoption expense, the supplies, the veterinary, the vaccinations, travel expenses, cleaning, grooming, dog walkers, doggy daycare. I mean, it's thousands and thousands of dollars a year. And uh uh, not to mention all the the physical and mental work that you, that it goes into owning and caring for a pet as well, right? I mean, just just if you're walking the dog alone is a, can be a pain in the ass in a cold winter in New York City. <laughs> but I think people get pets for the opposite reason, right? I think they want the pets to calm them down. They need companions. I think a lot of uh, you know, during COVID and the pandemic, uh, people have have uh, have. have bought dogs and cats in order to help them get through mentally challenging times. And so I feel like, you know, maybe people have overestimated the amount of work and effort and expense associated with that. But I think the mental burden was the first point of entry for the most part. There was an article uh, that just came out in Miami Herald, I think over this weekend, that was talking about how the dog pounds, which were uh, where the inventory was drawn down, as I think people, to your point, were looking for companionship, uh, especially during COVID. And now they're starting to pile back up as people are returning the pets. Maybe as they go back to work, all of a sudden they realize they can't, they don't, don't really have the time or the energy or the ability or, or the, the expense. Or, or the, the expense, yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because it's like, you know, you realize how much um, you know, it costs to take care of a pet, not to mention the fact that there's an entire industry that has uh, been created around taking care of pets. I mean, you know, the pet industry is about what, like a 40, 50, 60 billion dollar industry, if not more. You got 40 billion just for the pet food. Just for the pet food, right? And then you've got all the day, the daycare for pets, um, the, the, the veterinary um, hospitals for pets that are not insured. Right? And then you got all the mental psycho psychologists for pets. If you're, if you're, if your dog or cat or what have you has issues, you have to take care of that too. So there's a lot of things that people realize, wow, you know what? It's even, well, you have to pay for college tuition, but it's not, so it's not expensive as having, having a kid, but it's not quite far off. Well, I, I got to tell you, I, when I grew up, we didn't have any of these dog psychiatrists. I don't know. I think I don't know exactly how much to buy into that industry, but I imagine it's probably just as valid as anything else. Well, you know, I, I was speaking to um, a woman who's a uh, psychologist and she was talking about um, in the home, uh, certain colors and fabrics um, and, uh, and, and, and um, textures that help your mental state. And one of the things that she was talking about in terms of, you know, the, the color of the walls, obviously color white is good. Soft pastels are good. And then she's saying that having water like, like in your place um, is a very soothing element to have. And so having fish, so if getting about it, well, so there's a dog, you know, is one thing having fish and a fish tank in your apartment is actually soothing um, for the mind and the soul. I think that, yeah, I wonder if there's ever going to be a growing trend to get to get fish, you know, back on premises. I think I remember there used to be a time where there would be fish tanks everywhere. And then there was a salt water fish tank trend that was happening. People had sharks <laughs> in their homes. I mean, I feel like we're, we're at a stage here. We're ready for a pivot. What do you think? 
Well, I got to tell you, when I was in, uh, when I was a young kid, I had a fish tank. I went out and I bought the tank and all the gravel on the bottom and the little guy with the helmet with the with the air and the little the little treasure chest and the fake uh, little branches and put in my five tropical fish. And every day I'd come home from school and another one of the fish had done a two and a half with a twist out of the tank into the carpet and was sitting there frozen solid. I, I don't know about, I don't know what you call it, the green thumb if you're good at gardening. I don't know what it was for fish, but I didn't have the green hook, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think there's... <laughs> funny i actually uh i had a I had a frog so i was one of those um animal planet kids a and, frog yeah I had, I had i had frogs i had turtles i had snakes i had all kinds of stuff and um there was one thanksgiving i had a frog and i, I figured okay well you know i'm going out to eat um stuff my face with food so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna feed i'm gonna put more food in the tank for the frog so we can enjoy thanksgiving just the same way that i would and i came back and it all the food was gone and the frog was laying upside down dead because he ate everything in the tank. <laughs> and was, I was like, you have some self-control. Where but are my I, car keys? <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things you just don't understand. Um, you know, I think when you're a kid, you're just not mature enough to take care of another um, living thing. And, you know, I, I always, I was, um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. I think it's important for people to really understand the power they have over these animals. And in fact, you know, you know, just because you can buy a dog or a cat doesn't mean you should. Yeah, that's why uh, I think, and rightly so, people revolt when they hear these stories of animal abuse or animals being beaten up or tortured. It's just, it's horrible. I mean, we can all relate to that. So I, I think in, in a good way, at least our society views that as a crime. And uh, But I, I do think also though there's an issue of a, of a lot of pets, right? There's the people, there are a lot of dogs and cats. Everyone, there's a big movement about having them neutered, et cetera. And there's, there's a lot of pets that are roaming that they, people aren't taking care of. And what do you do with all those pets that are out, all those those animals that are out there that are not well cared for. I don't know that it's a tricky situation. There, there's an ancient um, a, a story about the ancient city of Babylon. And um, at one point they had a, they had a rat problem. And one guy says, you know, we have, we have a huge rat problem in the city. Um, what's a great way to get rid of rats? He says, you know, let's get cats to, to run off the, the rats. And all of a sudden they had a cat problem. And then they were like, all right, you know what? We have too many cats. How do we get rid of the cats? Well, you know what? Let's get some dogs because dogs will chase the cats away. And then they had a dog problem. And then the dogs started eating people <laughs> and babies. And they were like, all right, this is getting out of hand. These dogs are getting pretty vicious. What did we do um, about these dogs? And so let's get elephants. And elephants will stomp out the dogs and I'll scare them away. And then they had an elephant problem. And then they were like, well, how did we get rid of elephants? Um, let's get rats. It's only a 30 minute uh, podcast. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a timeless story, really. <laughs> let's get rats. Yeah. yeah. So, so ironically enough now within, within COVID, I mean, you just mentioned earlier, um, uh, U.S. consumers is a, is a statistic that 47 million pets were purchased in 2020 alone, uh, according to, to, to Vitisvet. Um, and um, a whopping 10 million of those pets were dogs. So to your point, a lot of dogs, a lot of animals on the playing field. And I wonder how much space is available for these dogs, right? I mean, in, in these animals, I know that they're getting smaller, so they're, they're they're adapting in a lot of ways to our living environments because we don't live in we don't we don't have acres of land for dogs to run and play. Um, but but it but it, it's 
these animals in our homes will impact the way we live both in our houses, in our buildings, in our streets and blocks and, and public transportation. Yeah, and uh, uh, and cleaning up after them is a big deal. Right. I mean, there was that there was a great movie. I think it was called Envy way back when with Jack Black and Ben Stiller, where uh, Jack Black invents this this vaporizer that just vaporizes away the doggy poo and it's just gone and nobody knows where it goes. And in the end, of course, at the end of the movie, it all comes back, <clears throat> which of course is a problem. But um, I, I gotta be honest, when I'm, I, I don't own any pets, but when I'm walking along and I see a dog and I see the, uh, the owner and I see the dog stop and he's on the grass and he's sniffing around and he's looking for his ideal location, I kinda wanna keep an eye out and make sure that that person is picking up after that dog because I, ju I just can't stand it when, and we've all been in this situation where you come across a uh, uh, deposit that was not uh, properly deposited in the bank, so to speak. Would and, you uh, that infuriates that? me. Would, would call I call them out? I would probably call them out. I would say, hey, yeah, you're going to pick that up, depending on how big they were. <laughs> right, exactly. And the dog. I mean, the dog will just come right after you. That's, that's a um, I, you know, I, I wish that, that, that I guess you call it doggy poo or whatever. Yeah, I, I wish that that were biodegradable of some kind, right? I mean, I think when we're thinking about the circular economy, I'd like to think that in some way that it does some good composting or whatever for the environment of which it does. But I don't think that's the case. I wonder if that can be bioengineered. I mean, fertilizer, right? I mean, why can't that be used for fertilizer just like cow? Uh, I don't know. Cow's chicks used for great. fertilizer, we right? We a veterinarian of some sort on the show to let us know why that is not happening. But I think- Feed you know, the mayonnaise to the tuna. <laughs> call Starkist. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think from that standpoint, like I, you know, when when they invented the, the kitty litter, I'm not quite sure who invented that, but it was genius to be able to- um, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it was genius or not genius because now you're living with, uh, you know, with this in your, in your kitchen or your bathroom. Um, but the idea that, that cats are more self-sufficient, uh, than, than dogs is fantastic. Um, I think that the fact that you don't have to, uh, get out in the morning in the rain, you know, hail, sleet or snow and walk your dog uh, is a great thing. I had a, a friend of mine who um, was visiting New York from Miami and she had a 12 year old dog. She has a 12 year old dog and she she's so connected and attached to this dog that she had to take the dog with her to New York. Never been to New York. It's 12 years old. It's ancient in dog years. And it gets to New York and it's freaking out. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and it's on its last leg to begin with, and it doesn't know where to go. The there's no gr there's no grass. There's no it's out of its element. Out of its element, and so you know, you take a you know what's that term? You can't teach a dog new tricks. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> I mean, and literally, you can. So I think that there's a lot of learned behavior. I think as in society, we need to really start thinking about whether or not they're going to be dog zones or pet zones or non-pet zones, places for humans and for others. I mean, we've already got, um, uh, you know, we've made some really uh, great moves in, in inclusion and diversity. I mean, I like those with who bring in other other animals may, may need to consider um, a, um, you know, a, a better environment of which can accommodate uh, pets as opposed to force fitting it uh, into environments that may not be best suited for the animals. 
Right. Well, and, and I in the city versus country, a home right. in the suburbs versus an apartment in the city. Uh, I do know down here near me, uh, uh, down by the boardwalk where I walk uh, along the water, there's a uh, there's a dog park. And uh, when I was kids, we didn't have these dog parks where all these dogs get together and the dogs love it. It's like they're meeting their friends. I, I don't I don't know what goes through the mind of the dog if the dog can realize if, if every time he's meeting the same dog. Is it a new friend for the first time or does he remember that he met? this dog the day before I don't know but they're so happy and the adults get a chance to talk and everything and it seems like a real uh, a real enjoyable way to bring the pet ownership the, the, the community together through pet ownership that's a good point that's a good point I mean I think you know if you if you you know it's always been a good tool to meet people right to have a dog and you sit at a, at a cafe read a paper and a cup of coffee and have your dog out there and then for some reason the dog is cute uh, and lovable. It seems to attract people. Uh, so it's always been a, um, a catalyst for connection and community. Um, I guess when everyone yeah, has to be a- renting out dogs, renting out dogs and babies to single guys to walk around Central Park, there should be a booth at the entrance to the park where you can pick up your dog or your baby and you can walk around. Wasn't that like a Seinfeld <laughs> episode? It was in Costanza to do that or something. I can see it. I can see it as a good idea. Something that George would come up with. That's for sure. But I think that so when I like to think about the future of of pet ownership and 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 dog ownership and cat ownership and fish owner and, you know what have you, I, I like to think that there's got to be a better way or at least maybe some intelligence around what we were planning on doing to make our lives better for for both us and the pets, right? I mean, I think you know I, I hate to see um, people who have purchased pets um, for mental health reasons. Uh, get a pet and enjoy, and then all of a sudden now are then doubly burdened by either the expense of the pet or the health issues that the pet has. Give up the pet. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Um, because ultimately the pet will, will will probably pass away before you do. <laughs> and so, you know, the if, if you're lucky and so- That's a hope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, hate to, I hate to break it to you, whatever dog or cat pet you are, but I'm still hoping you're going first. <laughs> Let's lay down and they lay down in front of a truck for you. That ain't happening with the goldfish. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> that goldfish ain't going to make it. <laughs> yeah, I always thought when I was a kid growing up in college, I was like, you know, when, you know, typically, you know, when you're in school, you don't have a whole lot of money and you're struggling to figure out, you know, where, where the next ramen and um, meal is going to come from. And you're like, you know, if I had a pet, I'd be, you know, between who, who eats first, me or the pet? I don't, not, I don't know. So I get it. Um, when I was in college, um, we lived with a woman who had 13 cats. Jeez. 13 cats cat, in the house. That's a cat lady. Talk about being surrounded by pussy. And and every cat had its own personality. Every cat had its own name. Some of the cats were the leaders. Some of the cats were the followers. Some of the cats you never saw. Some of the cats you saw running around all the time. But what happens is if you overexpose yourself to something, you can become allergic to it later in life. And for much as I love cats and I was surrounded by cats, because there were too many cats in the house at once, I'm now allergic to cats. And that's a common situation. And that, that, that's a medical condition that I have as a result of going overboard on how many cats we had around the house. Now, you know, I like cupcakes a lot. I'm not, and I've been eating cupcakes a lot over the years. I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm allergic to cupcakes <laughs> or will be anytime soon. So I don't know how much I agree with that, but I, I hear you. I, you know, I think too much of anything is not necessarily a good thing. Everything in moderation, including moderation is my... <laughs> 
But you make a really good point, Alex, in terms of the future. I think, yes, I think it's, the, the industry is so huge now from in terms of the spending that goes on and uh, and 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 you, you things like COVID are turn out to be reasons to want to have companionship, to have the time to have a pet. And then without thinking about the ramifications, we do have to look into ways that we can make it healthier and perhaps more effective, more economically effective uh, to get the benefits of the pets and maybe reduce some of the, uh, the blowback that comes from having a pet around the house. Well, you know, the blowback, speaking of which, you know, you've got the issues around just mere pet ownership, but it's the people around you and your pet that also- And the real estate. Right. And so some buildings um, uh, are okay with pets and some buildings are not okay with pets. Um, Some hotels- I have issues with pets. I, I know that um, most recently I, I've, I've heard that a lot of hotels don't allow you to be, um, or allow the pet to be alone for a certain period of time without, in, not in your company. So you have to take your pet basically everywhere you're going. You can't leave it in the hotel room, um, you know, even on planes. And so there's a need to get pets trained um, for flight. A huge trend on the, um, what is it? The, the, the mental health dogs or mental health pets, um, to get that service, service dog, service dog, service dog. Well, I, yeah, I, I read apparently that they've completely cut back. Now the airlines have gone the other way. I can't, I guess people were coming on. I read somewhere, somebody came on with a pony, yeah, a it was pony a, service pet. It was a pony and there was a turkey. I think it was like last year. It was someone had a turkey. Well, a turkey I can get. I mean, who doesn't need a good turkey when you, when you, when you need a good cry, you want to hug a turkey, but, uh, but the pony was definitely out of line. <laughs> <laughs> What is that? What is that? First class? What is that? Uh, that, uh, Extra leg room? I mean, the pony would have been fine in first, but if you're going to be in business, dude, come on. I mean, really? (laughs) Well, I guess it redefines the term coach. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, that's a big issue. I mean, I was talking to, um, to a family member who came down from Boston to be down here in Florida for a month and they drove and they drove because they have a big dog and they can't take the dog on the plane. Can't take the dog under the plane. Can't take the dog in the plane. Cannot take the dog. So had to drive to get the dog down here. Well, actually, that's an interesting point. Maybe that has changes mobility. Maybe people will start to use the train more because now they've got pets and can't be on planes. And I think when I think about uh, about transportation and the the new experience of railways and the high speed rail lines, I know that was it Virgin that that recently uh, purchased the um, the Metro Rail or the um, yeah Bright is it called the Bright Line? The Bright Line from Miami to Orlando. So I think and and you know I think typically you'd just be stuck in traffic for you know, for however long that takes. Uh, and then a plane ride is too is too long, so a train ride would be better. And then of course you can take your pets on the train. So I think it it maybe make it will potentially make public transportation or or terrestrial transportation that much more appealing for more for more people. Yeah, and hopefully they'll redesign just like you, you might design apartments and houses to be more pet friendly. They can redesign public transportation to be more pet friendly because anybody who's ever been on a plane where somebody brings on their huge dog who sits at your feet. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's it can be infuriating if it's not your pet, just like a loud child uh, can be infuriating if you're not the parent. So hopefully that uh, they'll start to design some of these public transportation like areas where the dog can sit, whether it's a section on the bus or a section on the on the train. Maybe 
there can be one one train compartment that is pet friendly and others that are not especially if you're allergic to the pet hair or something like that so yeah i think there's a lot that we can do a lot we can think about in a lot of different aspects of our lives uh around pet ownership and improving the the quality of not only the pet owner and the pet but also the quality of the person who doesn't own the pet and doesn't want to be bothered by the pet in the public space right right so if i don't want to sit next to someone who has a dog because i don't like dogs I'm allergic to dogs. I really don't have a choice right now for the most part, right? I mean, someone brings a dog on a plane. I'm usually worried about what I eat because I'm like, okay, if if I bring out a beef jerky or something, is this dog going to freak out and want to eat it? Like, I don't even, I, I, I get worried. And so I think that that anxiety that I'm having, of course, the person who owns the dog is is like serene. Their their mental health is all is on point. I'm the one freaking out sitting next to the guy uh, because I don't want to get bitten. I mean, this is a whole thing that I, of course, no one cares about us, right? I mean, they just care about themselves, and their own mental uh, well being, but everyone else around them pretty much can go jump. You know, all, all that being said, I think to your point, if we all can think about those that um, that own those that are impacted and those that 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 are involved in the environment through which we interact with both buildings and 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 public transportation i think then we think holistically then i think things will start to change yeah and i think uh, anything we can do to enhance the all the benefits that come from having a pet having that love reciprocated uh is there any better feeling than uh, you stop petting the dog next to you and the dog takes its paw and puts it on your leg like he wants you to keep petting that just feel you how how can you ever who can say no to that who can who can have the fortitude not to go back and pet the dog again so um there's a lot of joy that comes from having pets uh, there are a lot of issues. Um, it's a lot of thinking through really, you have to really do a lot of your homework before you fig- to figure out if you can A, afford it, B, can manage it in your lifestyle, and C, you're living in a location that uh, that it makes sense for both you and, and the pet to coexist. Um, I think that's going to be good for everybody. Yeah, you know, look, I think um, I'm going to say something very controversial, and I think that um, I'm not sure how many people even, even have thought of this, but I, in some cases, I actually feel bad for the pets, right? To a certain extent. I mean, obviously we, we get a lot of joy and the things that we do, there's a, there's a, um, a positive physical reinforcement. We pet, the dog is happy. We, we, we rub its belly. The dog is happy and we're, we feel good. I mean, I don't know if the dog feels as good as we feel. I'd hope that I think they do, but there isn't, you know, having a dog in a, 400 square foot studio can't be good for the dog. I mean, it may be good for us, but like, I gotta believe that the dog would much rather be living somewhere else with other dogs. (laughs) I, I, I just, I want to think that, that if you just, if there's a, you know, dogs lives matter movement and getting dogs back to their natural habitat, is that something that people are ever interested in even considering? in a high rise and your dog basically sees your elevator your corridor any place you take it to go to the bathroom um yeah i don't know how great the living is for that dog but i gotta be honest i don't lose too much sleep over it yeah well it's just true <laughs> and i may be more thinking it but i you know I'm a, I'm a sci-fi guy right and so i love to watch all these movies most movies now are about artificial intelligence um you know uh, robots taking over the 
world and all that good stuff. Um, but every movie, when you talk about AI and 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 digital companions, they always talk about like the the four directives. <laughs> you know, and all and like, the number one directive is it it the the computer or the robot should never kill or harm a human. Right. That's like directive number one. And, you know, and, and directive number two is the robot should always protect the life of a human. And then there's a series of the directives and so forth. I think we just need directives for pets. Right. I think I think if a pet attacks another human, then that's bad. Right. Or if the, the if you don't have a large enough home, you can't have a pet. Right. I mean, there should be rules to pet ownership that everyone with a pet should abide by and thus creating a law for which we all are governed in, in our pet ownership. And well, there definitely, definitely should be some size requirements. Like I got an elevator here in my building the other day. A guy got on, I think it was a Beowulf. It, it was, I guess, in the canine family, but it was like, that was a beast. It was Cujo, exactly. And, and in full froth. <laughs> So yeah, I think you're right. I think it's I think I think I think like anything else, a little common sense. So I, I would never when I live I've lived in apartments for most of my adult life, all my adult life, and so I never really wanted to have a big dog to be cooped up in the apartment all the time. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's the point, right? Because then that creates all kinds of problems for everybody. But I think you know I think we're probably not going to get a chance to solve um, the world's problems today. But I think if we give people um, a thought and um, a pause to think about uh, what the future might be like or it should look like uh, to accommodate pets uh, so that everyone uh, is happy is is probably a good thing. So I'd like to say, you know, um, to all those pet owners out there that just do the right thing, you know, just, just, just be mindful of not only your own environments and how, and how you're benefiting from pet ownership, think about other people and think about the environment of which your pet lives and what can be done about that environment to improve both your life and the life of the pet. Excellent points, Alex. I think that's a great uh, way to end it. Uh, interesting show, interesting topic, something that everybody I think can relate to either as a pet owner or living next to a pet owner. If you're, if you're unlucky enough to be living next to the barking dog in apartment 32 F <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll look forward to another episode next week. All right, we'll see you walking your dog in the neighborhood near you. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.